Good morning for Tuesday, October 10th, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Powerful survivor on Trump's flank. Russians spun American rage into a weapon. And yielding power, women lecture Liberian men. In today's national headlines, at 84, Feinstein makes her case for a sixth term. Wildfires kill at least 10 people and burn 1,500 buildings. And Trump's cuts to insurance enrollment are hitting hard. In today's business headlines, Nobel goes to expert in irrational behavior. Wall Street still hopes Puerto Rico is a good bet. And before firing, Weinstein asked agents to defend him. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Gretchen Carlson. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Santa Monica, California by Matt Flegenheimer, powerful survivor on Trump's flank. Stephen Miller had their attention. That was reason enough to keep going. Standing behind the microphone before a hostile crowd, Miller, then a 16-year-old candidate for a student government post, now a 32-year-old senior policy advisor to President Trump, steered quickly into an unlikely campaign plank, ensuring that the janitorial staff was really earning its money. Am I the only one, he asked, who is sick and tired of being told to pick up my trash where we have plenty of janitors who are paid to do it for us? It appeared he was. Booze consumed the grounds of the left-leaning Santa Monica High School campus. Miller was forcibly escorted from the lectern, shouting inaudibly as he was tugged away. But off stage, any anger seemed to fade instantly. He just seemed really happy, said Charles Gould, a classmate and friend at the time, as if that's how he planned it. Miller has rocketed to the upper reaches of White House influence, powered by a hyper-fluency in the politics of grievance, a gift for nationalist button-pushing after years on the Republican fringe and a long history of being underestimated by liberal forces. To the consternation of many former classmates and a coalition of Washington lawmakers, Miller has become one of the nation's most powerful shapers of domestic and even foreign policy. The 31-year-old, Senator John McCain, a Republican from Arizona, muttered to reporters earlier this year, despairing over who might be making decisions in Trump's White House. Yet, on immigration policy, Miller has emerged in recent days as the driving force behind the administration's insistence on a wish list of hard-right proposals as part of any deal with Democrats to protect young undocumented immigrants from deportation. White House demands include a crackdown on unaccompanied children at the border, the construction of a border wall with Mexico, and legislation to sharply reduce legal immigration. As the surviving watchman on Trump's right flank since the removal of Stephen Bannon as chief strategist, Miller also remains a key craftsman in speech writing at the White House. From the administration's opening stanzas, when Trump let fly his American Carnage inaugural address, to his swaggering turn last month before the United Nations, it is Miller's worldview, as often as anyone's, that the president projects on the grandest scale. We have this running joke, said Kellyanne Conway, counselor to Trump, 
that if we were going to get key man's insurance on anyone, Stephen would top the list. She was referring to policies that companies take out on their most important employee. This is the second front-page story. Russians spun American rage into a weapon. Reported by Nicholas Confessori and Daisuke Wakabayashi. YouTube videos of police beatings on American streets, a widely circulated internet hoax about Muslim men in Michigan collecting welfare for multiple wives, a local news story about two veterans brutally mugged on a freezing winter night. All of these were recorded, posted, or written by Americans, yet all ended up becoming grist for Facebook pages linked to a shadowy Russian company that has carried out propaganda campaigns for the Kremlin and which is now believed to be at the center of a far-reaching Russian program to influence the 2016 presidential election. A New York Times examination of hundreds of those posts shows that one of the most powerful weapons that Russian agents used to reshape American politics was the anger, passion, and misinformation that real Americans were broadcasting across social media platforms. The Russian pages with names like Being Patriotic, Secured Borders, and Blacktivist, cribbed complaints about federal agents from one conservative website and a gauzy article about a veteran entrepreneur from People magazine. They took descriptions and videos of police beatings from genuine YouTube and Facebook accounts and reposted them, sometimes lightly edited for maximum effect. Their use of borrowed ideas and arguments from Americans demonstrated a deft understanding of the political terrain. The Russians also paid Facebook to promote their posts in the feeds of American Facebook users, helping them test what content would circulate most widely. This is cultural hacking, said Jonathan Albright, research director.